0: grace, mercy, and peace be multiplied abundantly unto you all through our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. We are in the 11th chapter of the book of Ecclesiastes. We are blessed to live in an area of the world where there are four distinct seasons, They dominate our life and how we live. Uh, There is no way to change the seasons. And if you do not accept and prepare for them, you'll pay a price. Remember back in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, the theme of seasons was introduced. And here again, it makes an appearance. And in this instance, the seasons are part of life that the elderly Solomon reflects back on his life with advice for those young enough to be his kids and his grandkids. So to understand these last chapters, it helps to envision an elderly grandparent who was wildly successful, but also had some big failures in their life, And he kept a journal of all the things they wanted to sit down and share with you from their heart. As the book winds down, Solomon pulls all the themes together and teaches us how to live a meaningful life by making the most of the season you are in. Take a look at verse 7 and 8. Light is sweet and it pleases the eyes to see the sun. It's great to wake up to a new day. However many years a man may live, let him enjoy them all. But let him remember the days of darkness, for they will be many. Everything to come is meaningless. In verse 9 and 10, be happy, young man. While you are young, it's wonderful to be young and let your heart give you joy in the days of your youth. Enjoy every minute. Follow the ways of your heart and whatever your eye sees. In other words, do everything you want to do, but know that all these things God will bring you to judgment. That is, you'll have to give an account So then banish anxiety from your heart, cast off troubles from your body, that is, refuse to worry and keep your body healthy, for youth and vigor are meaningless. Remember that even though you have your whole life ahead of you, it's gonna go by fast. Being young has some serious advantages, You've got your whole life ahead of you, your health, vibrant, abundant energy, and a world of possibilities before you. If you are young, you may take this for granted. If you are old, it can be quite shocking to see the energy your kids have. Time moves very fast. Remember way back in our study, we learned what the word meaningless meant? fleeting, a vapor. Breathe on your glasses to clean them and the vapor, the mist is gone in no time. Meaningless. The point is that life moves incredibly fast. When is the last time that you sat down to view photos of yourself and people you love? How surprised were you at how much everybody has changed and how quickly life moved forward. Wisdom is passed generationally, which is why young people need old people. This is the whole intent of this section of scripture that we're looking at. One thing we have already learned from this pandemic is we need to take better care of our elderly, and not just because they are elderly, but also because they have a lot to teach us. So says the teacher, Solomon. In light of the fast pace of life, Solomon encourages all people, but especially young people, who hear, not hear, here but who thinks of themselves as young, then pay attention. He encourages us to take care of our bodies and prepare to stand before God. The result will be wellness in all areas, physical, mental, spiritual, emotional, and financial. It's not uncommon for a young person to feel like they wake up every day with a big S on their chest. Then they eat bad, maybe sometimes abuse drugs or alcohol, do not mend injuries or ailments, only to discover the result later on in life, can be chronic pain and problems with their bodies as they get older. Young people are encouraged to remember God. All of life is to be lived in the light of the fact that we will each die and stand before God to give an account. Our life is not our own, but rather it is a gift entrusted to us by a wonderful, powerful, and loving creator. Here is some golden advice. Look at that. Do everything you want to do, Solomon says. Do everything you want to do. Whatever your heart desires, do it. Is he giving us a license to sin? No. No. You've got to give an account. Oh. Sometimes God's will is crystal clear because he gives us a particular word of clarity, such as when he told Abraham to move his family or when he told Paul to go to a certain city to minister. On most occasions, God's will is less clear for our lives in particular, and we are left to follow the options set before us and use wisdom. Sometimes we are relatively unsure what God's will is for our lives. Do we get degree A or B? Take job A or B? Marry person A or B? by house A or B, when we do not have a clear word from God, I believe we are free to make a request to God and use wisdom to go and do it. God is our heavenly father. Now, I know a little bit about being a father. I have four kids of my own. And as I think back on raising my kids, there was a pretty short list of things that my kids could ask me that I would have said no to. And those things tended to be foolish, dangerous, or sinful. No, you can't do those things. I also had a very 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 long list of things that my kids could ask me to do at any time and I would say yes to anything on that list. If you grew up in a heavy-handed rule rule-based legalistic home, then you grow up you grew up in a red light home. In a red light home the kids sneak around and sin, trying not to get caught. In a green light home, the kids feel free to bring their requests to their mom or their dad to see if what they want to do is a good idea. I see God as a green light God, as a green light dad, who prefers to say yes and wants us to ask him for what we want from him if all we do is see god as a red light dad we'll end up being paralyzed unsure what to do in a life decision until god tells us what to do and that may or may not happen if we see god as a Red light, Dad, we won't feel free to make our requests known to God. God is not a vending machine that you can make demands to. But he also isn't an overbearing father that says no and makes rules constantly. His rules and answers are always for our good and his glory. In Mark chapter 10, 51, Jesus asks a guy. Jesus asks a guy, what do you want me to do for you? I don't know. Jesus, who like kind of had the weight of the world's sin on his shoulders, kind of busy saving the world, takes the time, and ask someone, what can I do for you? Paul teaches in Philippians 4, verse 6, let your requests be made known to God. So the big lesson for us today from these chapters of Ecclesiastes is fear God and do what you want. That is the big Idea that Solomon and the rest of Scripture is driving at. You see, if you fear God, think about that, rightly, fear, love, and trust in God above all things, your desires will be aligned with God's desires. So you will ask for things he wants to give. This is why sin is so evil. Sin is not doing what we want at the deepest level of our desires as God's children. Paul says it this way in Galatians chapter 5, Verse 17, for the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature, they are in conflict with each other, so that you do not do what you want. You do not do what you want because of your sinful nature. That's why we take sin very seriously and we deal with it every day. We confess our sins to God to have him forgive them and take them away in Jesus Christ so we can get on with living according to God's good and gracious will. A Christian with a new nature and the Holy Spirit will live to fear and follow God. As a result, their deepest desires will be godly, and temptations to other desires will keep them from doing what they really want. The result of this thinking is to live the most passionate and free life you can, which is a life lived in fear of God, asking Him daily permission to do what you want as his child. As long as he says yes, you can go for it wholeheartedly. This can be marriage relationship. How can I love my spouse today, dear Father in heaven? This can be a business adventure. How can I glorify you and help other people with the business that you have given me? Ministry service. What can I do to serve someone else? Family lifestyles, and many other things. So don't be afraid to live. You've got a heavenly father who wants to give you the desires of your heart. John 14, 14. Words of Jesus. You may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. Can you imagine what the disciples would ask for? Yeah, John 14, they're saying, Jesus, don't leave us. And what does Jesus say? Verse 16, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever. Oh, No, we want you to be with us, the disciples say to Jesus. And then in verse 18, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. We have a God who knows what we want even before we ask. You've got a Savior who has already bled and died for you. You have a Holy Spirit who, who has given you new life in Jesus' name. So what are you waiting for? Live it. Our faith is not a faith that just prepares us for death and the eternal life to come. It is a faith that helps us to live daily. Jesus said, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you, and because I live, you also will live. So don't wait till you've got one foot in the grave to believe in Jesus and experience new life in him. Don't live life shrouded by death, but, as Solomon has been teaching us, rather live life shaped by death. And what I mean is this, Live while you can, while you're young. Death is coming, so be shaped by death, but also be shaped by the death of your Savior, Jesus Christ. Let his death shape your life, how you live and how you love. Amen. Now, May the peace of God which passes all understanding keep your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ, your Savior.